0: hour of resurrection, give us clear eyes again this morning, I pray. Help us, help us as we worship you. Amen. The head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. The Savior knelt to wash our feet, and now at His feet we move. out of the grave I'm walking to if you walked out of the grave I'm walking to this is my hope if you walked out of the grave I'm walking deep. five <laughs>
1: say, where two or more are gathered in your name, you're in our midst. Thank you, God, for being here with us. Thank you, Lord, for being part of what we're doing, and thank you, Lord, that we get to see what you're doing and come alongside it each day. Lord, would you tenderize our hearts more and more to you? Would you soften us, Lord, to turn to you and to be more like you and reflect more of your glory, more of your beauty, more of your grace, and more of your love to the world around us? Lord, we just recognize our desperate need for you because that's not our nature. But Lord, Christ in us changes everything. It changes everything. And Lord, we're so grateful that you don't just save us, but you're with us and you walk with us and you live in us and we can be Christ to the world around us and to one another. Lord, I'm asking for your blessing on this morning. Lord, that as we get to hear words from Pastor Andrew, Lord, that they would light our hearts up and ignite us and spur us on, Lord, toward you. And that we would help each other and spur each other on toward love and good deeds, as 1 Corinthians says. Lord, would you bless us now and bless this service as we intend to worship you and honor you with our hearts and with our lives. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen good morning. Wasn't that great worship? Yeah. Good morning. Would you take a few moments to greet those around you? And then I'll come back and give some announcements. As you're taking your seats, I would like to welcome any first-time visitors here to City Church. If this is your first time and you're curious about our ministry and would like to know more about who we are, we have a welcome center over in the back on your right, and there's a little light and a little sign there that says welcome. After the service, I would encourage you to go and talk uh, and get to know us, who we are at City Church and what ministries we have, and uh, there is a welcome gift for you. It's kind of a nice little gift. So. All right, let me give a few announcements. First of all, two weeks from tonight, we will be having our worship and waiting night. How many of you have been to worship and waiting? Several? Okay, raise your hands high because I can't see with the lights. There we go, yeah. I thought there were a bunch more people. Worship and waiting is a time that we wait on the Lord and we're really here to minister to Him and see what He wants to do. Now, what's amazing about it, we don't have an agenda, but the Lord seems to do things in our own hearts and lives and we walk away so filled from just ministering to him. So I encourage you to come out two weeks from tonight for worship and waiting. I have three other announcements for you. Night for a Princess is happening this Friday. If you don't know what Night for a Princess is, dads and daughters, daughters from age three to fifth grade, not dads from age three to fifth grade. Dads shouldn't be there if they're age three to fifth grade. Anyway, um, dads and daughters, three years old to fifth grade. This is going to be held at Turner Hall. This includes dancing and activities, the tickets are $20 per person, partially because we actually rent a hall. We, we outgrew our current facility. Guys, if you have daughters in that age, I just heard a young adult telling me the other day the impact that that had on her life as she was saying that it's a memory she still holds of her and her dad at this, and also it helped set her on a right foot for what she thought about men and dating, which is, I think, one of the great impacts that you can have men. So I encourage you to come out and sign up Get your tickets, and uh, if you have a daughter at that age, it's a powerful event. Um, Also, we have Empowering Women on Saturday. So the next morning, is that Joyce back there? No, that's a, come on, women, Empowering Women. This is going to be a great event. There are five of our women who will be speaking on different topics after having a fabulous breakfast. Is that right, Joyce? Is it a multi-meat breakfast again? No, it is not a multi-meat breakfast. Sorry. Sorry. Erase that, strike that from the record. Okay, it is a breakfast that they're having, and there's going to be five speakers from our church. It'll be amazing. Uh, Sign at, at the women's table. Don't forget to do that so we know if you're coming. And then lastly, we have a primetime potluck Friday, March 8th. If you are 55 or older, or you feel 55 or older, you're welcome to come. So come join in on that. All right, I would like to invite a, a man to preach today who I really respect and honor. He is one of the most transparent people, and he walks his faith in front of us. So would you please join me in inviting Pastor Andrew to preach this morning? Thanks, brother. Good morning. morning.
2: The transparency thing isn't mine. It's God's idea. I've often shared shared with Pastor Joel once that the price I have to pay to come up here is that transparency, and it's like, Lord, is there another way? <laughs> is there another way to do this? So today, you get more of my transparency, Amen. and uh, in that, um, forgive me if I cry, because this transparency is really deep into my soul, which is what brought this message out. Um, God really hit me in who I am. I'm a different person going into twenty nineteen than I have been. My son was going through a situation of some things and things he has chosen to do in a relationship. And, you know, and it's just kind of like, oh, no, no, buddy, don't. No, don't do that. Don't do it. No, you know, just being a dad, you know. And the scenario is, is like, there's an airplane there. One, One engine doesn't work. The other one barely works. There's enough fuel to take off. And my son says, Dad, I want to fly that plane. And I'm like, buddy, one engine doesn't work, the other one barely, and there's not enough fuel. And he says, Dad, I know. I want to fly that plane. And everybody has told me, you got to let him go. You got to let him go. So I kiss him on the cheek. And then I watch him get in that plane. Because I have to let him go. And then the pastor, who's always telling everybody, keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on God. And then God's like, Andrew, look at me. Look at me, Andrew. Look at me. I got him. Let him get in there. I got him. And then he he gets in the plane, and I got my eyes on God, but my ears are working because all of a sudden I hear that motor, and now I want to look. And God's like, no, 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 keep keep being right here. Keep right here. But I hear that motor, and I want to look at my boy. So I have to let him go, and I'm growing in that. And it's helping me to understand, like I said, who I am, to let my son go, to take a look at myself. I'm pretty much black or white. It's just how I was raised. It was black or white. You know, you got somebody pregnant, you take care of the child. End of story. You wanted something, you're going to get something, you get a job. You pay for it. End of story. I'll tell you a story my beloved grandfather, whom I love very much. They were middle class. People had, you know, they were middle class. They were pretty well off and stuff, and me being a kid, we're rich, you know? They're well off, that makes me rich. And um, I'm unemployed, but I'm rich, because they got money. And so with that, I used to always bug my grandfather about buying a car. So I was like, "Fred, his name was Fred. Fred, I need a car. Come on, man, I need to get a car. I'm somewhere between 16 to 17 or 18, and I need a car. And, you know, and I would always do it like so many months. You know, I'd do it this month, wait a couple of months, then I hit him up again. Hey, Fred, you know, what about that car? I need this car. So I was on one of my annual months to ask. And so he was sitting under the car porch, and he was sitting there, and I was like, Fred, Come on, man. What about my car? When are we going to get my car? And forgive me, but I'll, I'm going to give you the southern black dialogue of my old granddaddy. And, uh, you know, and he was like, boy, you want a car, boy? You, you really want a car? Fred, i been asking for a car. What? you know what? We're going to go get you a car, boy. We is? Yeah, we're going to get you a car. I'm going to go up here. I'm going to change my clothes. We're going to go. Fred, quit playing with me, man. I really want a car. No, I'm going to get it. So he got up. He went in the house. I'm sitting there in shock, watching him go in the house. Am I going to get my car? I'm going to get my car. Oh, I'm going to get my car. So I'm like, ooh, okay. So then he goes in the house, and I'm walking up under the carport. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, ooh. And for a guy back then, it's like, man, I'm going to make sure I got this sound system in it. It's going to be the Jensen system. I had that music boy wearing a crank up, you know. I'm already seeing who street, what street I'm going down. You know, and I'm going by uh, Veronica House because you know what? She wouldn't date me. But now I got my car, boy. I'm just living in my head. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna do all of this because you know. But then all of a sudden I stop because I'm like, Is he really changed? Is he going in there? So I go back and I open up the screen door, go in the house. My grandmother's in there. My dear, we're afraid. Of it. I don't know. He said somebody going back there to change clothes. <gasps> he is. Okay, it's old. Ooh, I'm gonna get my car. So my grandfather comes down he comes back and he comes and he's like, come on, let's go. So I'm like, okay, so we riding boy, we're going. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool in my head. I'm just, oh, but I'm gonna put that sound system in it and everything. And so then all of a sudden my grandfather was a hunter. My grandmother was a fisherman. So they prepared me for the state of Wisconsin in Alabama (laughs) to hunt and fish. And so he was an avid hunter. And he raised dogs. He ran a kennel. I mean, my grandfather in Alabama, you can use dogs to hunt raccoons, rabbits, and even run deer in Alabama. And my grandfather was very well at that and raising dogs for those things. And um, he got paid a lot of money for his dogs that he raised up. And so that's, you know, one of what he did. And so we're on my way to Birmingham. Um, We were 20 minutes outside of Birmingham, Alabama. And so we were headed there, and we're getting there, and then all of a sudden, he's detouring. Where are you going? Where, where are you going? So he pulls up at this place, and he's like, I got to go talk to Mr. Paul. Oh, man, do that on your time. You know, Jeez, we go get in my car. You can drive back and pull over and talk to Mr. Paul. I'll just cruise on home, you know? And so he's like, I got to talk to Mr. Paul. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. So now I'm sitting in the car, in the truck, waiting on him. He in there. So finally, he comes walking out, and he come walking out, and then he's got Mr. Paul. He's a white guy, and he's walking out. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, they just shuffling. So he's like, what? Get out of that truck. Come on here and say hi to Mr. Paul. Come on, say hi to Mr. Paul. I'm like, oh, my goodness, man. So I get out, and I go over there. How you doing, Mr. Paul? And I shake his hand, you know, and I shake his hand, and he's like, yeah. And he says, yeah, Fred, I can give your boy A job? A job? What do you mean a job? What? He's like, yeah, if he want to work, I can get him a job. And like, I look at my girl, what do you mean a job? You want a car, don't you? This is how you get a car. Oh, you're kidding me. What? What? Oh, my goodness. And I worked at Coca-Cola for two years and got my car. And that's what I mean about being the person that I am, was that I was just taught certain things and this is how life was, and this is what you did, and that's where you were. And so I never really had a gray spot. I never had a gray spot. And so, when my family and different people needed me to have a gray spot, I don't know how. So I'm having to learn to have a gray spot. And that's when I'm saying God took me through stuff and God's showing me stuff. And it's like, this is the stuff that's core in my soul, God. And he's like, I know. And he's working on me in those places to do that. That's the difference between a relationship and religion. A relationship with Jesus is real work. And he is really at work in our lives. Christianity, I can do Christianity. I can do that. It has nothing of me. I can be at church. I can carry my Bible. I can say hallelujah, amen, and all of that. But with Jesus, dealing with Jesus is different. It's life-changing. It's soul-changing. Would you join me in prayer? Father, I just come before you. And I thank you for all that you are doing in my life and all that you have done in my life. And so I thank you for this. I ask, Father, for your spirit, your presence here now on this word, which is your word, to come forth as you would have it to be, that for some it would be confirmation and all those things. We pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Nidiaris had spoken, when she had spoken, she spoke about God wanting the whole pie. And that's us. That's our life. But the thing with the pie is that the flavor and the season of that pie is me. It's my life. It's when I was a child, when I was a teenager, a young adult, to where I'm at now. And so giving God that pie, it's flavored. And it's like an apple pie, and it's got pecans in it and stuff, you know? And it's kind of like, God's like, well, well, we'll take care of that. We'll, we'll get to that. I, I want that. I'm going to work on that because I want the whole pie. And I'll get back to that. This message is born to trust God because Jesus talks about us being born again. I must warn you, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, but what you're going to see is the NIV. Okay? We got a little mix up there with putting words up. Okay. So I'm going to read from the NSB here, Ezekiel 26, ver- Ezekiel 36, verse 26. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of the stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinance. You will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers so that you will be my people, and I will be your God, Moreover, I will save you from all your uncleanness, and I will call you for the grain and multiply it. Even in the Old Testament, God was speaking to the Israelites about making them his people, pulling out their heart, and giving them another heart. And so now we come to modern day here with the New Testament, when Jesus is talking about the new birth, when he's talking about being born again. In John 3, it says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said, to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, and I love Nicodemus' answer because it's just the way it is. How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? He's just, that's just real. Talking to Jesus is just real in that. And Jesus answered in verse 5, truly, truly. I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Well, there it is. Jesus is saying it's being born of water and the Spirit. So I'm breaking it down here for you a little bit of interpreting what it is here of being born again. So it's of the water and the Spirit. And then John 7, 37 It says, now on the last, in John 7, verse 37, now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, for his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, those whom believed in him, were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now on the last day, Jesus stood. In verse 8, Who believes in me, as the Scripture said, from his uttermost being will flow rivers of living water. Jeremiah 2 says, For my people have committed two evils, They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. So as Jesus says, being born again is of the water, we're knowing that we come to Jesus, and that we come to the Father and we drink from the Father. He is the one that gives to us that which we need, that living water. That's a part of that new birth, that we get that. And that we don't make our own cisterns to drink from, but we drink from God by being in communion with God and receiving from God that we drink the living water that flows from him that is in us to flow from us to others is what that living water is. And that Jesus says, as we believe in him and on him. In verse six, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, And that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And then in Romans 8, 9. So Jesus is saying, that which is of the flesh is of the flesh. And that which is of the Spirit is of the Spirit. Romans 8, verse 9. however, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you through the body, through, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ, Jesus from the dead, will also give you life, life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. So again, as as Jesus was saying, to have the Spirit and the water is to be born again. And, And Paul is saying here that God has given us the Spirit, and as we receive the Spirit of Christ, as we're being born again, we are born again into Jesus, that he is in us and we are in him, and that this is what it is that we have, and that we no longer walk after our flesh, but we walk after the Spirit. That which should make us different as Christians. That if I'm walking by the Spirit, then that's why my soul is being torn apart. That's why now God is in my core because and showing me the changes I need to make within who I am. That I can walk by the Spirit of God and not by my flesh and not by the things that I feel I should be. And exactly that, like I'm sharing with you, when God gets that deep in you, when God starts to work, you are born again. I feel born again because right now in this moment, I know not who I am. That who I was, God is taking that away from me. It's the same thing as people say a lot, well... You know, I don't know, I don't understand people with drug and alcohol issues. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You're just as drunk on yourself as I am and they are. Yeah, you are. That's why you're here in this sobriety program called church. Because God is showing you now that very thing. Like I said, that's what's happening to me right now. I'm sobering up. He's bringing me to sobriety of how to live out my life in the spirit and not of the flesh. And understand this. When you've been moved somewhere that you don't know, I don't know a gray spot. Who do I trust to teach me? Who Who do I trust to teach me? So you see, when we're trying to get people to move from one thing to another, they don't know. But who can I trust to teach me and show me the way? I guess that's why God is saying, I put my spirit in you as you're born again. You'll carry living water. I'll show you, Andrew, through these things. Verse 12, so then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if we are living according to the flesh, you must die. That's scriptural. I must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. I will live, but how? How, Lord? You see, the same thing, like, and I've said this before, people with addictions, you know, they don't want to be over here. They don't want to be there. I don't want to be this guy and that's just black or white, no gray spot, and, and, and these things. But I know this. I can do this. People who are addicted, they can do this over here. I know how to navigate this. But over here, I don't have a clue. I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable over here. Who likes being vulnerable? And so I'm learning. And so this is where I really look to God. This is where I really seek out God and say, okay, God, for my son, I'll keep my eyes on you. For myself, I'll keep my eyes on you. Because I don't know what to do. If I'm born again, demon said, "Do do a man go back into his mother's womb?" So if I'm born again, then I gotta realize I know nothing. I know nothing. In all the times that I've spoken here, and as Chris said about the transparency, I've been tr- transparent in many of my sermons where God has told me I have to walk head up, eyes forward. I don't want to look at people. Don't want to be bothered. Change that, Andrew get your head up, look at them. They there. Say hi. Okay, God. Hi. How you doing? Hello. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Okay. They there. You don't get away with that. A while back, I preached about not judging. Found out I was the most judgmental person there was. Oh, look at that. How they do that? Mm-mm, yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Andrew, knock it off. Who made you the boss? I've been peeled away up here on this stage. Peeled away. I ain't got, I I had to tell people now, I got no more fight in me, I'm just done. I'm just done. I don't know what 2019 looks like. I have no clue. No clue at all. You know my biggest line have been lately? Let it go, Andrew, let it go. Just let it go. Don't even get involved. Just let it go because you're going to get mad about something. Or you're looking at it through your flesh. Let your spirit lead you. And the spirit always says, let it go, Andrew. Let it go. <laughs> so I just follow the spirit. I just let a lot of stuff go. And it's like, whatever, Lord. I you see that? But then but the spirit comes back. Andrew, let it go, right? Let it go, Andrew. Let it go. So I'm walking around, everything let go. And I'm waiting on God to develop something within all of this. And I'm hoping to get the courage and the boldness for it, to carry it, and to do it. Amen? Amen. All right. 15, for you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, by which you cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs, also heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him so that they so that we may also be glorified with him. Back in John three, verse seven. It says, do not be amazed that I've said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and your heart hear the sound of it. But do not know whether it comes from, and where it is going. So if everyone who is born of the Spirit, God is saying, the Spirit comes. You don't know where it comes, it comes. He's given it to us. We have the Spirit to lead us, to guide us. It's not to get caught up on where is that? Is it this? The Spirit is there to guide you. It's the voice of God that tells you those things. I've always said Christianity 101 for each person is that everyone should know the voice of God for themselves. Everyone should know the voice of God for yourself. If you're not, you should be learning that. That's the first thing you should be learning. And if that means what I did for me when I started coming into Christianity my wife and kids would be gone. I'd pull a chair up in the living room, and I'd sit there and just sit there to try to say it. Because people would tell me, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You know, and and again, a part of my makeup is I'm a word guy. Like, when you tell me something, don't that word mean what it mean? You know? And I had a guy tell me one time, he confused, just confused the heck out of me. We were talking, and I was processing some stuff with him. And he says, well, Andrew, you know what your problem is. You just take people literally. How else am I supposed to take them? You know? Like, so there's sublines into what people say and that, but I'm supposed to, what? Again, too much work, never mind. Mm-mm. As my family would often say, my kids would well, Dad, you ain't got no friends. Yeah, that's true. That's a lot of work, having friends. That folks can't you know you can't take people literally you can't say this you can't say that and I tell you I'm just not a weather guy well how's the weather today I know the man on TV last night said it's cold okay you know I mean it's just real life for me I just always did real life. I like being around broken people because I'm broken. And I want to process how I fix some stuff. Like I say, I got people already telling me, you're black and white, dude. You need a gray spot. What's that look like? Well, let's find out together. Thank you. In the meantime, what's the weather like? (laughs) And, uh, And so that's life for me. That's the kind of guy I am. A real life kind of guy and and doing things and processing and helping people and, and learning from people as well. Like I said, I want to recognize the one thing I you know, like I said about life is that when you're awake to yourself that there's changes in me that I need to make and be okay with that, I want to do that. I want to be a better dad. To my kids. They deserve that. And I want them to have that. I want to be a better husband to my wife. She deserves that. I want to be a better pastor for all of you. You deserve that. And so I say to you, as I'm transparent up here, have mercy and grace with me. And know that God is working in me to bring me to these places that I need to grow in. Understand, I did not seek the title of pastor. He gave it to me. And that was a conversation too. All right. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know And testify of what we have seen. And you do not accept your testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? I feel right here what Jesus is saying. I feel Jesus saying this. If I talk about the Lord's story and you are amazed. And you're doubtful. If Jesus comes and tells us stuff, and the lower story of our life, and we're amazed by what Jesus says, and then we're doubtful of what Jesus say, then Jesus is saying, then how can I tell you of the upper story, where all these things, all my power, all my glory, all of who I am, is me and is Him in the upper story. And he's saying, and I'm trying to get you to understand that in the lower story. That Jesus in the kingdom of heaven, who died on the cross, is the Jesus who's looking you in the face and saying, I love you. He's the Jesus that's saying, you're okay. You're all right. We got this. That's the Jesus. To be in the Lord's story just as he is in the upper story with that. And as he does this work in us to do these things and being born again. Uh, Leo, will you help me, please? We're going to move this right over there. <laughs> Keep going. Right about here. All right. We're about to have surgery. No, this is good. Thank you, sir. All right. About to have some surgery going on here. God at work. You see, because, like I said, you know, God's at work. And when he's getting into our soul, he's getting down there, in there. So like I said, when God wants the whole pie, he's like, he wants the whole pie. And what I have felt God has done is he's taken those parts and God is like, Andrew, you know, that seasoning, those pecans in there. I want to come up in there and I want to get them. But Lord, that hurts. Oh, Andrew, but Lord, that's messy. And he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna take that out. There we go, Andrew. But Lord, it's all baked in. So that's all right, Andrew. Oh, Lord God, that's where I am. That's okay, buddy. That's okay. I'm gonna come in there like this. Oh God, look at what you're doing to me. And he's like, Yeah, I'm getting in there. Because in scripture, it says right here. In Hebrews 4:12, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than two, any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and the spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. That's Hebrews. He's telling you I'm going in deep. I know your thoughts. I know your hearts, and I'm plucking out that stuff. I'm in there getting all that pie, and I'm rearranging ya. And we're like, God, that oh, that one by a piece of the apple, Lord. Oh, my God. It's easier to give God this one here at times and say, Lord, here, you take that. Because they didn't get baked in as, as deep as these did. That just happened like last year. So you can pull those out because they're not really in there all that deep. But, but when you start going into the center Lord oh that's been there a while Lord that's been there a while you're going working deep in me deep in me and understand this from 2 to 92 you don't get off because you are 75 and 80 and I retired get them Lord get them change them to get them 75 and above get in there Get all up in there, Lord. Pull them apart. That's your pastor speaking for you. If I got to go through it, you go through it. Yeah, we all in the hallway crying. Real church. Everybody over on the wall. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, God and told me apart. That's real church. Where you come? How you doing? Oh, not so good. Not so good. Lord and told me apart today. I'll pray for you. Pray for me. Yeah. Music started. Everybody coming here crying before the music even start. That's real church because God is doing work in us and we're coming here gathering to know that we're coming out of a week where God then did some stuff in our lives and then really worked at what he needed to do to go into that pie of our life and mess things around and pull out all those seasonings and those and the nuts in there and the different things, you know, and even if you say, I think I got one here, you know, and it's like here, um, you'd be like, well, you see, God can even go in here. That's a pecan pie. Now, that just say I'm all messed up. Okay. But God can go in there and do the very same work, too, of removing stuff. But it's us allowing God to do that work. It's us allowing to give ourselves over and say, God. Have your way with me. The songs that we sing about God, you this, I'm that. See, again, it's easy to do, church. It's a different thing living out a relationship with Jesus. Because all of that that he's doing and all of that that he's working on, you see, because then he wants to bring you out to be a better pie, a bigger pie. You see, that now he can serve you where he wants to serve you and the part of it is Lord I'd like being an apple pie with the pecans that's okay Andrew you're not that anymore I've given myself to him to be whatever flavor he wants me to be and if that's where he wants me to be uh, apple pie with almonds then I'm that if he just wants me to be a plain old apple pie I'm that it's what he wants As we say in the scripture, in the words, I am your vessel, Lord. Do I say these words and mean them? I have to mean them. And I have to know what they are. Again, for the word of God is living and active. Know that. It is a living word. It is an active word. And it's sharper than than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and the spirit. I'm felt it. I'm feeling the deepness of it. Of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. God knows your intentions. He knows your heart. We're not a surprise to him. He's trying to make us a better pie. He's trying us to make us the pie that he wants us to be. Not who we want to be, but who we are to be. Amen? Amen? Seek ye the kingdom. So now I don't know anything. God's pulled stuff out of me. I'm left here, like I said, I'm trying to figure out a gray spot, how to do all of this. Matthew 6, verse 25. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, and they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you being worried can add a single hour to his life? You know, one of the things that my grandfather Fred had taught me too, he said, you know, worrying worse than work. You know, worrying's worse than work. I can go to work, come home, take a shower, feel good, get something to eat, sit in the recliner, I'm good. Work off me. Worry." I take a shower, I'm worrying in the shower. I get out of the shower, I'm worrying out of the shower. I eat, I'm worrying. About to choke, I'm wearing so hard. Then I sit in the recliner, can't enjoy the show because I'm worrying. Worrying, worry is worse than work. Y'all got that from Fred, not me. <laughs> and why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lily of the fields grow. They do not toil, nor do they spend yet i say to you that not even solomon all his glory clothed himself like one of these but if god so clothes the grass of the fields which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace will he not mo- much more clothe you you of little faith do not worry then saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has its own troubles. Don't worry about tomorrow because you got enough troubles today. The Bible says that. But it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and these things will be added. So again, as God goes into that and pulls out those things, that seasoning of the pie, I'm not worried about my employment anymore. I'm not worried about this. I'm not worried about that. Because now in the state of being born again, I need to seek the kingdom of God. I need to seek the kingdom of God. Thus, the name of my message, born to trust God. Thank you, Sue. You see, because that's the way it is. It's just like that. Now born again, I am born to trust God and nothing else. I've been born again. And so now I trust God. You cannot trust God if you are not born again. I'm sorry, it's just you can't. You can't. That's why people battle. Well, I give it to God, but then I took it back. Well, I give it to God, but I took it back. So the Spirit gave it to God, but then the flesh reached up and grabbed it. Just like it talks about flesh and spirit. The spirit to trust God I'm in a place now, God's telling me, let it go. But I want to worry about it, let it go. When I let things go, God's just saying, you trust me. You trust me. That's where you're at, Andrew. Just trusting me. You don't need to know no more than you trust in me right now. Because I'm born again. I'm new, you know. I'm new, I'm just off the boat, whatever. Because I'm letting God now lead me and guide me. And as he puts me back together. So it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Proverbs 3, 5 starts. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. Now see, the title of my message was going to be the trouble with trusting God because right there tells you the trouble with trusting God trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding if I'm not born again I'm standing all over my understanding I'm talking to God about this situation like this and about that and like God hey God it should be like this well see God you need to see well because I want that job or I need that promotion and God's like no just let it go Well, well God well okay let it go God but wait a minute Let's talk about this, because, see, I see it this way, and I understand it like this, Lord. You know, the boss really need to get to me. Lord, you know, I've been here 10 years, so I don't know why the man acting like he acting, you know. God, let it go. Oh, God, but see, when you're leaning on your understanding about situations in your life, I'm not trusting in God. I'm not, because I'm trying to get him to work with me on, on the way I see it. But born again, born again, I let it go. I know nothing. Whatever, God. He gives a job to me. He give it to me. He don't. Whatever. It's in your hands. That's how it goes. That's where my life is, is that I let you have it, God. And I've just been born now to trust in you and to do that. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body, a refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from your first and of all your produce. So your barns will be filled and with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the disciplines of the Lord. Or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves. Even as the Father corrects the Son in whom he delights. I'm to allow God to take the pie. Do what you want. I've been born to trust you. Born again to trust in you, Lord. Yeah. To lean not on my understanding in this situation, Lord. I can talk to you about it, but as soon as the Spirit say, let it go, I let it go. I don't know how this is going to play out. The part of me wanting to understand the situation but saying, no, don't, that's death to self. That's me dying to self because I'm dying to that part that wants to do this thing. And now I'm moving on from all of that. Amen? I know. I know it's hard. I know it's a hard message. Wait till you start living it. Renewing the mind, Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service and worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Born again is the transformation of my mind. To not see things in the way that I see them. To not walk by the flesh but by the spirit. I will be opposite of this world. Transformed by the renewing of my mind. Letting things go. Where other people see in situations and be going. well, how you just let that go? How you just going to let that be? Because I can. I can because of renewing my mind. Well, I tell you, if it was me, I was it ain't you. It ain't you. It's me. And it really ain't me. It's God. Amen. It's God helping me do this. And maybe if you were to get God to help you do this, then it wouldn't be so difficult for you as well. Because, see, God is not trying to lead me into difficulty. He's trying to lead me out of difficulty. He's strengthening me for the troubles of today. He's letting me know not to worry. I got you, Andrew, in the troubles of today. Trust in me, Andrew. I got you. When your son climbs into the airplane, Andrew, I got him. Trust in me, Andrew. You know how many airplanes you climbed into, Andrew, and I had to watch? Do you know how many, Andrew, and I had to watch? So it's understanding that I'm trusting in the Lord now simply because I know nothing. I don't know if that's good to say as a pastor, but that's where I'm at. That's just where I'm at. Thank you. In Matthew I had read, it said, do not worry about the things of this world. Because this would be given to you. Do not worry. But it talked about don't worry about being clothed. Don't worry about being fed. Don't worry about any of these things. Why? Because in verse 11 it says, Be humble. But the humble. Will inherit the land. And will delight themselves. In the abundance of prosperity. You see trusting in God is that he will bring you prosperity. In Matthew it said don't worry about getting caught up on what I should wear and what I should eat. Being humble, trusting in God it'll bring you to prosperity. God wants to give this to you but if we get distracted because I gotta get the jeans that's got the fancy name on them or the shoes with this or the coat that got this name on it and doing all this fancy stuff, I haven't transform all that much because all of that stuff don't mean that much you see when I'm going through you see when my son is climbing in that plane the north star or north face coat brings me no comfort when my son's climbing in that plane Them fancy jeans, they bring me no comfort. None. When I'm going through stuff like that, and my life's being turned around, I need a real God. That's what I need is a real God. To get me through what I'm going through. To help me to realize who I am and who I should not be anymore. And then to be someone different that I don't mind being but again like I say I don't know how and being vulnerable to confess that and to walk that out. John 3:13 No one has ascended into heaven but he who has descended from heaven the son of man and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. That as we lift Christ up, we'll have eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 13. It says, For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are so sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded that, conclude this, that one died for all, therefore all die. In verse 13, it says, for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. For the love of Christ, I am beside myself right now. For God, I am beside myself right now in what I'm going through. I'm not doing this work to be for a political party. I'm not going through this much work within myself and allowing this to happen because I'm this or that of a political party. I'm not doing this because of certain religion. I'm not doing this because of a religion. I'm doing this. Because I've said to Jesus, he could be Lord of my life as well as my Savior. And now that in that relationship, I am beside myself because that is happening to me. For the love of God, have your way in my life, God. I've always said, you know, like I said, some songs that we play here, I don't sing them. I'm not there yet. See, I've been working, like I said, doing this work for a long time. I've not been a guy screaming, more God, more you got. No, 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 no. I ain't got down the little bitch you gave me two years ago. I'm still working on that. I don't need no more until I get this part right. You know, I was talking with a guy once about recovery, and he said, yeah, in my recovery, he said I spent 26 years getting convinced. And then after that, I started doing the work. And it just resonated with me like, yeah, how long have I been in my Christianity getting convinced before I started to allow God to do the work? You see? So that's why I said I'm going into 2019 right now, and it's kind of like I'm convinced. He's like, good. Woo-rah. <laughs> okay. I'm convinced. Have at it. And so he's been at it. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for? Louder people, it hurts. Yeah, one more time. All right. Now let's say myself. Myself. One more time. Yeah, wake up. You in church today. Amen. It hurts. I don't want to be alone. So, therefore, for now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. I know him spiritually now. I'm not trying to get convinced. I'm not trying to, to, well, what about me, Lord? But what about me, Lord? Dealing from the flesh. I'm knowing him now from the spirit that he is the Lord and Savior of my life. And I'm allowing him to cut deep. I'm allowing him to do the work because I don't want to live in the fleshly mind. Have your way, Lord. I won't be perfect at this, and this won't happen overnight, but I'm allowing the process, and I'm going through the stuff, and I'm going to be working at this until the day Jesus come home or the day I die. But I will be in victory. I will be happy. I will be and made some changes in my life. That by the time I get 90 years old, we're not starting to work. The work is pretty much there, and I'm getting used to it. You see, the thing of it is, it's like what I'm learning is that when I die to myself, that I no longer live for myself and I die with Christ, then when the doctor comes and he tells me, you got cancer, cancer can't have me, I gave myself away to God already. Cancer can't kill me. I died to Jesus a long time ago. When somebody comes, well, this and this is happening. That, I'm sorry. I gave myself to Christ. You see, that's what I'm saying. The real scenario of being in a relationship with Jesus, getting to the point where I'm really being committed with God and that I'm giving my all to God. That no matter what life throws at me, I'm born again because I'm born to trust God. I am born to trust him. And so when cancer say, then I can going say, cancer, well, you got this. Bro, doc, doc, you want me, let me go get one of my DVDs. You'll see when I died, and I think it was back in eight, nine, 2019. You're telling me this now. I was dead then a long time ago. Okay? And all I have is life. And the life that I have, cancer can't take. Cancer can't take that life. The life that Christ has given me, nothing can take that life. Nothing can take it from me if I hold it correctly, if I hold it rightly, and if I trust in God, and if I seek the kingdom of God and let God teach me, then I'm able to handle things because I'm spending my time dying daily to God over other things. Over other things that I'm dying daily for. Therefore, Verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we now know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespass against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. You see, God has a plan in this all along. Andrew, You're my vessel. You're my servant. You're my pie that I'm serving out because I'm at work on the message I've been at ever since Christ came to earth, died on the cross. Reconciliation, Andrew. That's what it's all about. Get with the plan, Andrew. Get out of yourself so you can get with the plan. It's about reconciliation, being reconciled to God. For those that surround us that we may know that aren't reconciled to God, that in some way I can help you to know that you need to be reconciled to God. Somehow that I need to help you to know that Jesus died on the cross for you. He loved you. He cared for you. You see, it's those things. Maybe you're here today. You've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can receive him as your Lord and Savior, but also know that he's going to be your Lord. The gift is receiving the salvation. The work is the death to self. Christianity is real. If you want to say, well, I don't know if I believe in God. Well, God believes in you. And just because you don't, he's alive. And there's many people that are sitting here today, and we're the testimony of that. All of this is the testimony of the life of Christ. Because all of us are doing this, going through this, that I believe, for the love of Christ. The love that we have for him in our lives. That we would be, therefore, in verse 20 it says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become The righteousness of God in him. The righteousness of God. All that we need to be born again, God is giving to us. God gave it to them, the Israelites, as I read earlier in Ezekiel. He gave it to them, the Israelites in the Old Testament. He was always trying to give the new birth so that we could be born again, so that we could be reconciled to God, that we could be of the kingdom and be that so we could be about the mission of God. Preaching and talking about reconciling others with God. How different my life is because I've been reconciled with God. Sharing with family and friends the way that I live is because I've been reconciled with God. And hopefully that they see something that they say, I want to be reconciled with God. And that's possible. It can happen. Ephesians 4. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Because of the hardness of their heart, and they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind and impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way born again. But you do not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught him, just as truth is in Jesus, that is reference to your former manner of life. You lay aside the old self, which is being corrupt in accordance with the lust of deceit, And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. That we put on the new self to be born to trust God. To not live for ourselves and to walk in that way. Would you rise, stand please. Would the worship team come up? I hope that I have encouraged you to allow God to do that work. I hope what I have shared with you and spoken that God has used this as confirmation and some of the things that He's already been saying in your lives. I share this with you. And I encourage you. As Nidiaris had talked about the witness of heaven that were saying, go, go, that were cheering us on. Know that they're cheering you on. Know that I'm cheering you on. I know the realness of this. I've always said, like I said, People's lives are complicated. I don't know how people do pastoring without the Holy Spirit, without God, because people's lives are complicated. And at certain times, I don't want to just give people lip service of Scripture in words. It's one thing to tell people when they're going through something, well, keep your eyes on God. Put your eyes on God. And then when you go through it, now I see why the struggle is, because now it's my son. It's just like when the disciples were Jesus in the boat, and they were sailing across, and Jesus was there in the boat, and they woke him up, and they thought, hey, wake up, wake up, we're going to die. And then he steals the water, he steals the storm, and then the disciples look at him and say, what manner of man is this? You see, they've seen him do work for others. They've seen him do all these miracles. They've seen him do everything for all these people, feed the 5,000. But it was different when he was doing something for them. Then it was, what manner of man is this? I know Jesus to be real, and that's why I'm beside myself and giving myself over to Christ, that he would have his way in me, And that he would do what he wants to do so that he could be there. So I encourage you in that. We're going to have prayer teams come down. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you would like to, I would ask you to come down and come to one of these, the pairs of people that will be up here, and let them talk to you on how to do that, to allow Christ into your life. The prayer teams will be here for other things that you may want. Father, I just thank you for this day. You can play. We give you the glory and we just give you the honor. We thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy, your goodness and your kindness, Father. We just thank you for this. Father, I pray that now, in the realness of your word that you have given, that it is alive and that it is active, as it says, In Hebrews, that you are anointing, Father. Holy Spirit, move amongst my brothers and sisters. That they would allow you to come in. And they give you that pie. And you're able to go in and pull out the pecans or the almonds or whatever it needs to be, Lord. That they trust you. That we become born again to trust God. Whatever the situation is, Lord, that we're trusting in you for that. And that you would show us the way, Lord, of how to be in there. And with that, Lord, to you be the glory and the honor, Father, for that which you do and that which you give. We thank you. I pray this to be more than just a message for today. But that you would go forth confirming this, Lord that you brought this out, that it would be there in many ways. People's thoughts and minds would be brought back to you, Jesus, and what you're asking of them and what you want to give them. Father, we thank you. To you be the glory and the honor. Blessed be the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessings to you all. Thank you. This is my
1: father's
0: word, and to my listening, ears, Oh, nature sings, and round me rings the music. Of Father's world the birds in I hear him pass, he speaks to me.